Hey everyone. So welcome to this week's episode of the Powercast. We have Paul Mort from Unstoppable Bastards. And I've actually been following Paul for for years now. Like, I don't even know, five, six, seven years, something like that. And uh, so really excited to have him on today. He's been through an amazing journey and he's done some amazing things. So thanks for being on, Paul. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. You know what's cool about that? The fact that you've been following me for that long is that you've seen the whole yeah yeah exactly the whole spectrum of multiple personalities (laughs) (laughs) totally um can can you explain a little bit about who you are and and what you do holy shit how long have you got (laughs) (laughs) so so let's i'm gonna cut the i'm gonna cut to the chase normally when someone says that they just end up normally when you say long story short it ends up being a long story so i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna really cut it short i am um I have two businesses that help personal trainers make more money. And my other business, my main business, my main focus, my main passion that lights my fire is helping men who are a little bit lost, Mm. but who are still ambitious. I basically help them transform and become unstoppable bastards. Yeah. Um, And I do that through online coaching. I I do that through live experiences. I do that through group experiences. Um, Yeah. And as you say, I've been on a, on a, on a long, arduous, <laughs> that word, a long, arduous and, and turbulent journey kind of yeah. throughout my whole life and without going into it, kind of telling that whole timeline thing, I'm sure we'll get into various points yeah, yeah, of yeah. it after So yeah, that, that's kind of uh, me. I'm also a dad of two. Um, I work, uh, I spend a, a bunch of time with my kids. I'm a, um, I started boxing two years ago. I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I have, bipolar disorder and and i'm a husband as well so i have a lot of um a lot of a lot of shit going on but it's yeah, yeah. changing for the world <laughs> totally so can you explain uh, you know when you started out in business what you first started um with and uh and how long you've been yeah. in business for now as well yeah i can i am um, I had this conversation with a with a group of guys yesterday when I was running kind of a live training for them, and I was talking about we're talking about parents, and we're talking about when I went self employed, I was twenty one, maybe twenty two years old, mm. and my parents actually kicked me out of the house. They basically said, "Listen, if you're going to leave this job, it's the second time it had happened. If you're going to leave this job in the security, you're not welcome here." Pretty much because I get it now because it was there. They were doing their best. They, they, no one in the family had even been self-employed before. So I was 22. And I basically went self-employed because I kind of had no other options because mm. I was the worst employee ever, as I'm sure you can imagine. I wasn't <laughs> cut out of employed and kind of take orders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I kind of struggled with that. So I was, I've been self-employed since I was 21. And again, I went on a whole journey. I was the guy that um, taught classes in gyms. So I was like body pump, Pilates, boxer size. Aqua aerobics, <laughs> <laughs> body combat, spin, the works. And I think that actually helped me when I, when I ended up in a different place, which was I was doing that and I was going to people's houses and training them, the old mobile personal trainer. Yeah. And I ended, up, I ended up hating that because it was just a pain in the ass. I spent most of my time in my car. I used to have this old school, it was called a total gym. Yeah. It was like a giant it was like a giant ironing board and he used to pick it up and I had to take it from the car. Oh, it was a pain in the ass. And then one day I, me- I still remember it very clearly. It was about eight o'clock in the morning. 
I told a spinning class, spinning class somewhere, and I was on my way to a client, and this guy was drunk, and he came on the, he came on my side of the road and crashed into me head on and wrote my car off. And it was yeah. a brand new, it was my first brand new car because I was, I was making a, a fair amount of cheese at this point, and mm. I was, and I quickly realised that actually, I had to have maybe eight weeks off, mm. and during that whole time, I didn't get paid a penny. Yeah, that's when I realised that I didn't have a business. Mm. And also I realized that I was now pretty much broke because people that had paid for sessions. Yeah. I couldn't train them, but I also had spent the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when people used to pay for like 10 sessions, yeah. I was like, holy shit, I want that money back. Holy shit, I've already spent it. So yeah, that was it. I, I had to kind of go running back to my parents' head. So that was kind of where I started off and then I've ended up on this whole journey. That's where I started these, this whole outdoor boot camp thing. I built that up into a franchise. I lived in Spain. I ended up with a business that I hated there as well because I was so disconnected from people. Mm. I then started a supplement company, which I did pretty well. I then started marketing a muscle inner circle where I did pretty well. Um, and then this is, that led down to a path where I was just fucking miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Then Unstoppable Bastards was born. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And the main thing that I, that I know you from is the email marketing. And so how did you transition from being a personal trainer to, um, to, I guess, business coaching and why did you choose email marketing specifically? That's such a great question. I love that question. So I transferred from being a personal trainer to being a kind of marketing coach forward slash mentor when people kept asking me about it and how I did it. I got put on a, I got asked to do a, it's a big company in the UK called FitPro, Fitness Professionals. It's a big company. They used to have big events, etc., yeah. etc. I don't think they're as big as they used to be. But anyway, this, they're really associated with the reps. They put money on, they put money on, put me on a tour of the UK, basically teaching other personal trainers. I did like 12 venues, all sold out. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to know how I was getting one-to-one type results in a group training setting. That's basically what they wanted to, to know. And I yeah. think all those years of body pump, et cetera, just put me in a good stead because I was able to deliver a PT-style program and nutrition, but in a group. Because yeah. I was used to teaching groups and I was used to one-on-one. I kind of became this hybrid guy. But people were asking me how I was getting those results, but also making money. So I kind of... I kind of just kind of stumbled into it. Yeah. And then I just was like, and then I got the kind of itch and the bug of getting paid no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So I got into that bug. I was still, when I first started this, I was still teaching boot camps at 6.15 in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, 6.15 at night. But then I started thinking, okay, hang on a second. I'm getting, actually, I'll tell you exactly how it happened. I went on honeymoon for six weeks and never came back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty much how it happened I, didn't, I went on honeymoon for six weeks and I came back two years later <laughs> so that's kind of how it happened I was running this, these boot camps and I franchised it and people were paying me franchise money I was also yeah. coaching other trainers so that's kind, of, that's kind of how it happened what made me choose email marketing well I met a guy who actually is apparently one of the best email marketers in the world he's called Andre Chaperon mm. and he's had a product he had a product license called Auto Responder Madness and Mind Valley bought it, and they're a gigantic company. Yeah, and he actually lived like three streets down from me. My old business partner at the time in in my supplement company, which I started, he he was in an event actually in San Diego. I think it was called Traffic and Conversion. And he said, "Listen, Paul," he said, "There's this guy 
who that they these Perry Marshall and Ryan Dice. These guys were raving about this guy, and he said, "Turns out Paulie lives around the corner from you." So I met Andre Chaperone. I ended up talking to him. I ended up in Ben Settles in a circle, and then I kind of just started writing daily emails, and I kind of got a little bit what I'd say is famous for it, mm. and I started seeing results because again, it it, it just takes it, nobody else is doing it basically. Yeah, They're still not doing. There's yeah. still hardly anyone doing it because it takes work. Yeah, it's a bit of effort. You don't see instant results. It requires consistency. Yeah, and there's no there's no what you don't get with email marketers instant gratification. Because mm. you to get addicted to that um, that rush, mm. that dopamine hit of somebody liking your post. You don't yeah, get true. that with email. It's kind of like sometimes you're saying it, you think, is anybody even fucking reading this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're not making sales because when you've got a product that's higher end, you don't make sales all the time. Yeah. Actually, I was, I was reminded this morning, Martin and Mussolini Circles now double the price that it was mm. when I first launched it. Double the price. And I don't make as many sales, but obviously they're, they're, they're coming in at a bigger rate. The profit's higher. Also, the people stay a little bit longer as well. Yeah. Because they're doing more. Cause, yeah. Because of the, cause of the, um, more committed. the game thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and this week, this week I, I announced that I was going to do a webinar, right? And I do really well with webinars inside of Startable Bastards. Like, I'm talking 502% return on investment well. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to do one for MMIC. And I just set it up and I hadn't run any ads yet, right? I haven't run, I'm, I'm used to paying about between three and five pounds a lead for webinars, which is, which is pretty good. Mm. And I put out an email, I maybe wrote six emails saying I'm going to do a webinar. So I haven't, and, and 133 people have registered for it. Mm. And I was like, that was like a big dopamine boost for me. Cause I was like, I haven't made a sale in a few weeks here, which <laughs> is not, do you know what I mean? You start, even me, yeah, yeah, yeah. what I do, I still get a little bit, is anyone fucking listening to me here? <laughs> Cause it's not like Facebook. That's why yeah. people are addicted to Facebook and they stop yeah. doing email marketing. It's yeah. not that they're making any extra money. It's that they're just getting these, Instant gratification. They're getting a like. Totally. It's an escape. Likes don't pay the bills. You know the deal. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a, so, so they're getting the likes. And this was just reassurance for me. I was like, oh, yeah, people are reading my fucking emails. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I ended up in email. And, and it's, um, yeah. I, I think you, you, you know what you're going to ask me? That most people ask me, how'd you get good at email? And I'm like, write fucking emails. That's the problem. <laughs> totally. Why are you so good at email? I'm like, I can show you how I'm so good at emails by how many I've sent in the last four years. Yeah. 350 something every year for the past four years. I just don't miss days. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, you you taught me, you know, a lot of people, with, you made some really good points there. A lot of people with emails, they're not consistent with it. They think it has to be some professional yeah. article with all pictures and their logo and all this. It's got to be yeah. like like you sending it to a friend and um yeah, and one of the one of the biggest things that i actually got from you is the um it, you call it the daily positive focus where and and that i use not just for my content but i use it for yeah. for journaling as well you know it's a great mindset thing it is. yeah here's what here's what's really bizarre that you brought that up <laughs> on monday on monday I did a one-hour training on that very thing for my Unstoppable guys because it's not something that we do. We used to use it as part of a point system, but we took it out. Yeah. A couple of the guys struggling, so I did a training on it, and they were like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. yeah so it's a, 
random that you brought that up, but yeah, the positive photo is a very simple thing because it just allows you to have a format for emails, but it also has you a format to, and, and I ran an event in December. One of the guys who's been in the program for a long time did a presentation and he, he's a smart guy, Mike Sweeney. And he's a, like, he's a proper science nerd. He doesn't say anything that doesn't have research. And he was talking about the reason positive photos, or we call it positive reframe, is so powerful is because it, 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 it helps you with what's called neuroplasticity. Mm. And that's basically <laughs> developing new kind of pathways in your brain. Yes. So you can react to situations differently. Because what I, what I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm an, I'm what I, would, I help men change, right? And I'm constantly changing and growing. Yes. But I think all that really changes is, all that really, really changes, I think, I mean, we're talking about changing behavior, changing results, changing your reality, changing your habits. But I think all that really changes when it comes down to it is the frame that you see the world through. That's all that changes, the frame. Yeah, totally. So the frame that you think the world should be, the frame how you think people are behaving and should behave, yeah. the frame that you see success through. I think that's all, when it comes down to it, that's all that changes. And a positive reframe is a great way to do that and a very simple way to come up with email content. Yeah, and, totally. And Facebook video content and Facebook videos and uh, and Instagram posts, whatever it is you're doing, yeah. it's a very simple way to come up with content if you are not very good at coming up with content. Yeah. Because it allows you to tell a story also. Exactly, exactly. And that's the important thing. It's like I see so many trainers just trying to give information, you know, top tips on how to get abs or crap like that. It's like no one cares. They want to hear stories and they want to know you're a real human being. People don't, people don't have a how-to problem. Yeah. They have a will-do problem. Yeah, And the reason they won't do it is because they think it's different for them. Personal mm. trainers you struggle to relate to people, but just telling a story before you give the information mm. kind of brings them in on your level and it draws them into your story. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. You get to see that you are also human because everything's not perfect in your life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so uh, you, you said, obviously doing that tour around the UK, um, doing all the things that you've done, a lot of, I find a lot of people are scared to be seen. They're scared to put themselves out there. What would you say oh, yeah. in, in overcoming that and being able to grab these opportunities? So the, the first thing is, is, again, it's interesting I've spoken about this this week too, is that I actually, I'm convinced that a lot of people don't have a marketing problem, they have a courage problem. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I've told it. You're just asking a different, I've answered this question six times. Now we just answer it in a different way. Here's permission. You can go and do it. But what I'd have you consider is that if you don't do something because you're scared it'll fail, mm. then you're already failing. Yeah. You're just failing privately. Yeah. And not doing something, not doing something, not seeing something, not producing something, because of fear of what somebody thinks mm. is kind of like drinking poison and expecting them to die. It's insane. <laughs> like, yeah. really, it's almost like, listen, if you're a parent, it's, I'm passionate about kids. You know this, Ellie, like you. I'm passionate about my kids, right? Whenever yeah. I get onto that subject, I can go all day and I'll start, I'll start sweating and shit because I get so excited about it. And I'm like, listen, for you and not create something that will improve your family's life, Mm. because of what you think some random person will say literally says 
I give more of a fuck about what this person thinks than feeding my fucking family. Mm. Yeah. That's one way to look at it. That is one way to look at it. I give more of a fuck about what this person thinks on Facebook who I went to school with, who I didn't like anyway. Yeah. I give more of a fuck about their opinion and what they think than yep. I do about feeding my kids. Yeah. That's it. Here's the reality. They're also terrified and also... They don't really give a shit whether you feel or not. Well, well most, really of the time, most of the time, these opinions are from other personal trainers or other coaches, not your actual clients or people you can help anyway. Who will never put cheese in your pocket ever. Yeah, yeah exactly. And also, also, they are also as scared as you. Mm. They are also obsessed with looking good and obsessed mm. with not looking bad. Yeah. I say this all the time. Listen, I get criticized almost every day. Probably every day. I've had death threats. I've had people threatening to kill my fucking wife and kids. Mm. All sorts, right? Mm. But what I figured out was that most people, they're not attacking you anyway. They're defending themselves. Yeah. That's what people do. That's why people lash out. You, the more successful you get, you just become a bigger target. Yeah. That's all. And how do you deal with people. that? I understand that it's not about me. It never is about me. It's about them. Yeah, and that's their job. They're doing it to make themselves feel better, and that's why we don't do what we said we'd do anyway, because it makes us feel bad. Yeah, it makes doing this is going to make me feel bad. It's making me feel bad just thinking about it. Therefore, I'm going to stay where I am and just feel a little bit better here. I feel better mm. here than I do there because mm. it's more comfortable here. So, you, yeah. most people, your job is just to feel good. That's most people's job. They get mm. obsessed with looking good, feeling good, and not looking bad. That's what, because it's not, I don't think there's even a fear of failure. I'm not even sure that exists. It's mm. a fear of looking like a failure that people are obsessed with. True. Looking like failure, because here's the thing. If, you're obs if you think it's fear of failure, right, and you're not doing what you said you would because of fear of failure, I said it at the start. Yeah. You're already fucking failing, dude. You're yeah. just failing in private. So it's not fear of failure. It's mm. fear of looking like a failure. And guess what? People probably, you probably already look like a failure anyway because of where you're at. Yeah. What if that was the case? Mm. You already look like a failure, so just fucking get over it. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, that's easy to say. That's easy for us to say, just get over it. But <laughs> I, I, I kind of... I kind of don't think there's any other way around it. There's, there's not, yeah. Well, you mentioned before, like that's something I always talk about. When, when you have that fear in your head, when you're thinking about it and staying stuck, it actually gets worse. Whereas when you start yeah. taking action, it gets better. <laughs> 100% Ellie, because you can't, you can't, the fear of anybody that's ever, how can I say this? I've suffered with anxiety a lot in the past, panic attacks on planes, loads of crazy shit, right? Mm. You can only be anxious you can only have a panic attack. You can only be overwhelmed when you are thinking. Mm. You can't be any of those things when you're actually doing. Exactly. You can be a little bit nervous, but thinking about doing a live video is way worse than doing it. Mm. It's like yeah. getting punched in the face. Getting punched in the face is nowhere near as bad as actually getting punched in the face. <laughs> it's, thinking about it is worse. Yeah. Yeah. So just... Totally. Here's a commitment that I like to make, and I actually made this this morning because I hurt my neck. I mm. hurt my neck wrestling, of all things, on Wednesday. So I didn't train yesterday, and I was struggling this morning. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to go, and I'm going to do the warm-up. Mm. If I'm not feeling it after the warm-up, I'm going to give myself permission to go home. But what tends to happen is, you guys know this, you get warm, suddenly this, kinda, this thing shows up. Yeah. Motivation 
and whatever you want to call it, it shows up. Yeah. If, if you're waiting for it to happen, it's not going to fucking come. No matter how many YouTube videos you watch. Yeah. It's not going to come. You've got to go and make it happen. And if that just says, listen, I'm going to get started on this email. I'm going to get started on it. I'm going to set a timer for four minutes. Mm. And if it doesn't, if I don't do it, if, if I'm not feeling it after that amount of time, that's cool. I'll just walk away. Yeah. That's it. And the other thing that I'd recommend that people do is, is I have the same fear as everyone else. There's no new fears. Mm. The great thing about fear is that it never goes away. It's a survival mechanism, right? Yeah. So if you start feeling fear in one area, it's going to pop up somewhere else. It's just going yeah. to show its face. It's totally. always going to show its face. So once you get over the fear of doing live videos, I guarantee that the fear will show up somewhere else. Yeah. That's one thing I can 100% guarantee. You just got to be with it, right? Yeah. So one of the things I do is I actually use my fear of not wanting to look like a failure because I have the same fear. Mm. But I use it with something very simple. I actually did it this week and I call it public accountability. Yeah. So listen, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to do it very publicly. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's one thing I do. If I'm pissing around with an outcome, and yeah. I'm on point with everything. I'm on point from my finance outcome, my fun outcome, my family outcome, and my mindset outcome. And I'm struggling with this fitness outcome, which is the six-pack thing. Yeah. And I'm struggling with it because really I don't give enough of a fuck about it. Cause I'm like, my body's the best is luck for years. Mm. I'm able to do things I couldn't do years ago. I'm fit. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm not that flexible, but I like a six pack, but it's, it's not a must do for me. Yeah. I just like it. But I'm like, listen, I'm determined to get it this time. Cause I've never had it before. So yeah. All I've done is I've been like, I'm, it's not that I'm lazy. It's just that I lack leverage. Mm, but it's yeah. not something that I feel inside because it's an external outcome for me. So what yeah. I've done is I've made it external. I've just said, listen, here's my leverage. I don't want to look like a failure in front of all these people I've told I'm going to do it. Yeah, totally. So that's very simple. So if you're not doing videos for fear, here's all you have to do. Listen, I haven't been doing videos, especially if you're a coach. I haven't been doing videos because I'm scared. I know I've been, I haven't done them for ages and I, I know I should do them. So what I've done is, you know what? I'm going to commit to making 21 videos in 21 days. And I came to this conclusion after speaking to a coach, and that's the value of having a coach. If you're interested in having a coach, that'll keep you accountable, like mine keeps me accountable, hit the link below and get on my email list, and we'll have a conversation. How simple yeah. is that? So yeah. Tell the fucking truth. Yeah. Just totally. tell the truth. Totally. And that's content. So people are like, I haven't got any content. I'm like, okay, well, do a video about not knowing what to say. Yeah. Do a video about not doing what, knowing what to say. Do a video about being a little bit nervous on camera. Because if you think that the people who are interested in training with you, if you think that your prospect doesn't have the same fears as you, and mm. you're living in fantasy land, they have exactly the same fears as you. Yeah. Looking exactly. That's probably why they're not coming to train with you, because they think they're going to be the fattest one there. Yeah. Probably yeah. they're not coming. They're going to feel stupid. Yeah. They put everyone else up on a pedestal. Yeah. Of course they do. Of course yeah. they do. And it's a whole comparison thing. It's a yeah. fear of looking silly. Yeah. Fear of not looking good. Yeah, totally. So just, just talk about it. And you opening up about having that fear will mm. bring them in because you're meeting them in the conversation where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so I want to talk about, so over the last couple of years, so a couple of years ago, you were, obviously you've shared this a lot and shared it quite publicly around how you were depressed, how you weren't 
um, treating your wife the way you wanted to, being present with her, being present with your kids. You were, weren't happy with your body, with, you know, everything going on. I want to know what was the trigger for you to change all of that and then how, what have been those changes for you for people who might not know? You described that very nicely, by the way. What Ellie was trying to say, guys, is that I was a fat, miserable, one-dimensional dickhead. <laughs> That's what she was really saying, right? <laughs> so to, December 2014, I was stood on cliffs in my hometown of South Shields, and I was ready to jump. Okay? Mm. And I was ready to jump because I just got in this place where I was exhausted. I was tired of lying. I just felt like I didn't want to be here anymore. I felt useless, even though I was having success. Mm. I made more money then than I do now. Mm. which is insane. <laughs> I hated what I was doing. I hated who I was. I hated who I become. I was a dick to my kids. I was a dick to my wife. I didn't really have any friends. I'd lost a bunch of friends. I was drinking. I was doing a bunch of coke, etc., etc. And there's a couple of things that happened. A couple of things that happened that made me turn it around. My wife said to me, because here's the thing. Someone can say to you, think about your kids, right? That's what a lot of people say. Think about your kids. I'm like, well, listen, I'm a fucking dick to them anyway. I'm awful to be around. So I'm gonna be, they're going to be better off without me there because I just find, they just irritate me. No shit. That's mm-hmm. what happens. And my wife said to me is this. This is the, the words that really made it click for me. She said, Paul, because she said to me, think about the kids. I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm horrible to them. Why would they want to be around me anyway? Mm-hmm. She said to me, yeah, but think about them growing up as the kids whose dad killed themselves. Think about mm-hmm. how that'll feel for them at school. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Let's go. And then the doctor said to me, I remember Christmas Day 2014, my kids weren't even at home because I was that fucked up. Mm. I had to go to my in-laws because I had the suicide called the crisis team at my house on Christmas Day. Mm. They said to me, listen, Paul, if you don't stop, if you don't change, you're going to die. So in an old school, old fashioned motivational coach way, my shoulds became musts. Yeah. And that just gave me leverage. That was it. Leverage. Yeah. Leverage, 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 leverage. And I say this all the time. Listen, if you're a dad or even a mom, I've never been a mom, so I don't know. If you're a dad, whether you want to be or not, you are leading your family. You are the example that your kids look to. You are the person who your kids copy. Mm. They copy. They model your behavior. So the very the, the, great, the only leverage that I really need right now is, am I, who am I being? Who am I being yeah. to my kids? What kind of example am I setting right now? Because listen, most men, again, I don't know about women. I've never been one. I get, I get accused of being sexist all the time. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, listen, I don't, so I, don't know, I don't know how you feel. I don't know how you react. Thing. I don't know how to behave. Same thing. It's yeah. similar thing. It probably is. And I'm like, listen, you telling your kids to eat healthy while you've got a can of beer in your hand, <laughs> hypocrite. Yeah. You telling your kids to do the homework when the only book you've read for like since you left school is like Razzmatazz magazine with, with just tits in it. <laughs> you telling your kids not to speak to their mum like they do mm. when you speak to her like shit. Where do you think they've learned that from? Mm. Them saying to them, this is a big one that I'm obsessed with at the minute. You put your iPad down and listen to us. Where do you think they get that looking at the screen thing yeah. and being ignored from? Yeah. You, dude. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I'll end it oh, up here. I, I've heard I'll my end kids. Up, I'll end up here. <laughs> I, I've heard my kids say the same words that I say, like, oh, stop being so stubborn, daddy. And I'm like, oh, shit, I said that. <laughs> 
oh, well, well, am I not doing it in my webinar? I'm like, when my daughter was three years old, she said, for fuck's sake, dad. I was like, oh, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> so we've got to watch out there. I mean, sometimes, listen, sometimes one will slip out. I'm not going to say I'm a perfect, I'm not Angel, I'm not a perfect dad. Sometimes yeah. one will slip out. But I tell you what, they never miss it. Dad, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. And so then... And, and you made a really good point there as well about you were making more money then than now because I think a lot of people think when they get to 100K, when they get to seven figures, when they get to whatever, then they'll be happy, then everything will be good. And it's not about the money. It's about all that other no. stuff, about family, your health, your, all of that. Here's, a, here's, here's the interesting thing. For PTs, it's hard because of the working hours, right? But no one's forcing you to work those hours. Mm. No one's forcing you. Yeah. If you lost half your clients, if you put your, if you doubled your prices and lost half your clients, you make the same amount of money. Yeah, I I started with PT and I worked nine thirty in the morning because I was I was training mums. I never worked crazy hours. Yeah. 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 And and yeah. and you probably didn't have that much choice either. Yeah. It's funny what happens when you're forced to do. I'm actually going through this transition right now because I have a webinar that converts hugely. Like it, it, I, I ran three campaigns last year and I made a 502% return on investment. And that was something like, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think it's, I spent 8,000 and I made 49 back. Yeah. So I know how to make money. So that makes sense that if I spent 80, I'd make 490. So I know how to hit that number. The mm. issue that I have right now is that I'm not prepared to sacrifice my lifestyle to make it. Yeah. So I'm actually going through this huge discomfort challenge right now is that I'm having to figure out how to manage people. Because yeah. I know how to make money. I know yeah. how to make money. I know how to make a lot of money. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure right now, I'm not sure how to do it mm. in this current business. Yeah. Without sacrificing more time. Which yeah. is quite an exciting place to be because I still make cheese. Listen, I'm making bank right now. Yeah. I'm going to take it up a level. So I'm, I'm going through this. It's quite fascinating to me, actually, because I'm just totally out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Totally. I don't have a marketing issue right now. I have a people issue. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not a manager of people. I'm not <laughs> a manager of people. Oh, yeah. I'm not a manager of people. I'm not used to this scaling thing. I'm just used to making sales as a one-man band, really. Yeah. That's my yeah. So I'm going through this difficult transition now, and a conversation that I have with my wife has actually sealed the deal for me on this. She said, Paul, why are you obsessed with making a million in Unstoppable Bastards? I said, listen, she said, we don't need that much money. I said, listen, I just, it's because I want to prove it to myself that I can hit that number in this business in a brand new niche. It's a brand mm. new niche for me. Yeah. And, and she was like, okay, okay. And then the next night, she wouldn't let it go. She said, Paul, what would be different if you're a millionaire right now? I said, what would be different? I said, well, I'd have this and I'd have that. She said to me these words that I'll never forget. I didn't ask what you would have. <laughs> yeah. She said, I asked you what different. Isn't that a very, that blew my fucking mind. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Because you know the two things that I said? Check out these two things that I said. I said I would have a sauna <laughs> <laughs> and I would have a Ferrari. She said, Paul, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you want a sauna, I'll order you one now. Yeah. Very fast. If you want a Ferrari, she said, if you want a Ferrari, you can have one next month. But where the fuck are you going to put the two child seats? <laughs> She said, you can have one next month. It'll just, you'll just have to stop spending so much money on shit. Yeah. I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> so it's just, it's just opened my mind. It's, it hasn't got me stopping going for this million in yeah. this business this year. 
Yeah. Hasn't stopped me going for it, mm. but I'm having to go about it in a very different way because yeah. I'm not prepared to sacrifice my training. I'm not yeah. prepared to sacrifice my time with my kids. Listen, I don't work past 3 p.m. Yeah. I get all these types of interviews. People are like, Paul, you do it at like 8 o'clock? I'm like, no. And like, that's when the engagement's high. I say, I couldn't give a fuck about engagement. <laughs> I'm engaging with my kids at that time. Fuck Facebook. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I said, you can have me at 3.30 on a Tuesday because I box at 4.30. That's yeah. the only night when I'm not just with my kids because I box and I do jujitsu after. Yeah, well, that's said, why I'm doing this now as well. My kids are in bed, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll do that if it's a webinar for me. Yeah. But I've got to make, listen, I've got to know that if I'm going to be giving up an evening, I've got to be, people are like, Paul, what would it take for you to get to do a webinar or do this on a nighttime? I said, loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a big return on investment for me to do that. Yeah. Because he has a, listen, I get so hyped up when I do these things, I can't sleep. Yeah. I get yeah. so wired and hyped up when I do interviews and webinars like that, that I can't sleep after. Yeah. It's because I'm, it's, you know what it's like, Ellie, you get, I get passionate I can feel it. your energy through the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when I can't sleep, when I can't sleep, I'm a dick. When my yeah. energy's low, I struggle. Yesterday, yeah. I had to take the day off and go to the movies because I was so tired. And I, was, I did a couple of coaching calls. I was like, fellas, I'm army useless to you. There's no point. Yeah. I'll be yeah. a total yeah. dick to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Energy is a huge thing. Huge and thing. So how do, how do you find that balance? Because I know a lot of people have different views on balance and fitting all those different areas of your life in. How have you yeah. found that? So my view on balance is this. It's a decision. And I'm glad you used the word fitting it in because mm. that's called for uncommitted as fuck. Because <laughs> here's the funny thing that I find. Balance is a decision and it's a decision to set boundaries. The mm. problem is when you're self-employed is you think flexibility is freedom. It's not. Mm. Flexibility mm. is not freedom. Yeah. Flexibility, flex, freedom comes from discipline. Freedom comes from structure. Yes. So when I look in my schedule, if I have podcast interviews, if I have clients, if I have coaching calls in there, but then there's not, nothing for me or my family in there mm. every day, yeah. what the fuck does that say about your priorities? Yeah. You can tell what a dude's committed to do by how he spends his time, not by what he says. Yeah. And the issue that we have as self-employed people is that we've got obsessed with making money provide so our kids can have this and that. And that's fine. That's what I do. That's why we do what we do, right? Yeah. But it becomes a point where it's like, you have to stop doing as, and getting obsessed with doing stuff for them and get as obsessed, if not more obsessed, with doing stuff with them. Yeah. Yeah. With them. Yeah. They do not give a fuck about money. Yeah. The next true. thing you know, they'll be teenagers and they'll not know who their dad is and you'll have missed half of their life. Yeah. Take it from me. I missed the first two years of my son's life. The first two years, I may as well have not even fucking been there. And mm -hmm. I wasn't mentally. I had a yeah. lot of time, but I wasn't there mentally. I was off the map. Wasn't yeah. present at all. So yeah. balance is a decision. Mm. And sometimes it's going to be a sacrifice. It's yes. going to have to be some level of sacrifice. Yeah. And for me, I'm not willing to sacrifice my time for more money. Yeah. I'm prepared to sacrifice my comfort because that's all the real sacrifice is. I'm sacrificing comfort because yeah. I still want to earn more money. Yeah. I get that. But I'm not prepared to sacrifice time yeah. to make more. I'm prepared to sacrifice comfort. Yeah. Because let's face it again, you can outsource a lot of shit these days for next to nothing. Totally. Totally. Like, listen, when I record podcasts, I just talk into my phone and upload it to Dropbox. I have somebody else does the rest. 
Yeah. I'm yeah. so full of, and this this is where I'm going through now because I'm having to outsource things that I think I'm the best at. <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah. one can do this. Like I'm the best at this. That's yeah. where the discomfort is for me well, now. Like, can I trust you? Yeah. He's not gonna do that's a good point though, because just because you can do it doesn't mean you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, so balance is a very interesting thing. And, and for me, it's just a decision and a commitment. That's it. Mm. And setting boundaries. Yeah. Check this out. Right. If I make a promise to my kids that I'm going to pick them up from school and I don't, mm. I've got a problem with that. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I want to be a man of integrity because I'm teaching my kids to be, to keep promises. Mm. This is where I'm, I'm I, the one thing I don't want to be seen as is a hypocrite. Yeah. The one thing, um, that's the one thing I'm being, I'm most scared of being seen as to look bad as a hypocrite. Yeah. That's yeah. with everyone, my wife, my kids, I do not want to be that guy. Yeah. So if I tell my kids, listen, Max, Nina, I'm sorry I couldn't pick you up from school today. Um, I had to stay at work a little bit longer because I fucked around on Facebook for two hours. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that thing that we use in December when we say Santa, I've said this on like three interviews this week, you know, in December when you got that blackmail tool, Santa's watching. <laughs> Max, you yeah. better behave yourself. Santa's watching. <laughs> we, I'm just, I have this in my mind. I'm like, listen, if the kids are watching me right now, not listening, thank God. <laughs> if the kids are watching me right now, but like, am I doing, am I being the man that I said I would be? Yeah. The guy yeah. that's, Listen, the guy that's doing what he said he would do. Yeah. Someone said to me yesterday, Paul, if you come up with one thing that you would tell people, one bit of advice is just do what you said you would do. Yeah, exactly. And I think Don't as well, promises. I, I think that's a really good way to put it as well, because it's like, I find a lot of uh, mums and dads, particularly women, I think, feel like guilt yeah. uh, around doing things. And so, for example, you know, I travel yeah. a lot. And so I, I promised yep. my kids last year, I had a trip where I was away for three weeks. It wasn't supposed to be, ended up being three weeks. And uh, I promised them I will never be away for that long again. The longest I will go away is seven to 10 days. And I've kept that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I won't yeah, go I, away. I'll still go away, yeah. but I'm keeping that yeah. promise. So it's like, you can still do yeah. what you want to do. Just keep your promises. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And, and you know what? It's not... This is going to be something that you do gradually because if you're so used to breaking promises, you're not going to suddenly go from not breaking promises, sorry, from breaking promises regularly to not breaking promises ever. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's like this whole clean thing. You're not going to go from like, from, from doing this to paleo for the rest of your life. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So give yourself, a, give yourself a bit of permission and gradually you'll find yourself getting better at keeping promises. And guess what? Sometimes it means you're going to have to make less promises. Mm. Because yeah. the problem is with this is sometimes you'll make a promise that's quite a big promise and then you break it and then you feel like shit. Yeah. So the next time what you do is to make yourself feel better as you said, a bigger, more restrictive or a bigger promise. promise. <laughs> and then you break that and then you mm. just on this never-ending circle of breaking promises and hating yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I want to talk about the transition from, you know, when you started then focusing on yourself, your family, your health, all that stuff, and then starting yeah. Unstoppable Bastards. So can you talk a bit about, yeah. you know, obviously the way I've seen it is you, you worked on becoming the best version of yourself in all areas and then you wanted to help men do that as well, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I was in a position where shit couldn't really get any worse for me. Mm. 
So I, I actually went on a kind of a hiatus for about 17 months, I think. I didn't mm-hmm. go on Facebook for 17 months. Yeah. I just disappeared and I had a, an account where I run ads from, etc. I kind of just, I kind of went underground, so to speak, and I worked on myself. Mm. And then I came out and I was like, listen, I have something that'll help some men if you want to do it. I remember the first program was in this room. I had five dudes. Mm. Right now we've got over a hundred. Yeah. But five men just wanted a piece of what I had. Mm. And as I've got, became better and a leader, actually I had this conversation this morning. What's interesting to me is that any business that I've had online, offline, I've never had any problem attracting people who aren't from my area. Mm. Does that make sense? Like there's an old yeah. saying called the expert is always from out of town. Mm. And I just see people, I'm like, why are you going to fucking LA to learn that shit when I know that shit that you're going to learn from? Do you know what I mean? I'd be, the yeah. expert's always from out of town. But yeah. now this year, in the past eight months, I'm starting to see guys who I know mm. locally coming into my program, mm. as well as guys from, we've got guys in Australia, we've got guys in Thailand, in Hong Kong, in America, Dubai, across mm. the world, we've got guys in. But the fact that I'm getting local guys makes me really happy and proud because for me, that's a sign that I'm actually the real deal. Yeah. Because if I've got guys from all over the world, that comes down to the persona that I put out online. Mm. I say this all the time. The yeah. fact that I now have local guys in, guys that I went to fucking school with. Yeah. Guys that were in my class at school, in my program now. Guy that lived on the same street as me now lives in New York, actually, which is interesting. <laughs> the, the fact that these guys are in my programs means that I am 1000% authentic because who I am online is the same as who I am offline. And this for me is evidence. These yeah. guys around me that clearly feel that I'm living the life that I say I live. Yeah. Which is that I talked about this just this morning because I was in the gym this morning. I seen a guy who's in my program. Yeah. I mean, that makes me very proud because that's like, yeah, Paul, you are legit. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very cool for me. It was a bit of a, a, bit of a, a breakthrough moment for me because I'm like, shit, yeah. I've yeah. never had a problem getting guys in who are from far away. Listen, we've had guys come from the States to the program. Yeah. My guys come from Norway and Sweden to come here. Mm. But the fact that I'm getting local guys in now tells me something. Yeah. And that's that who I am offline is the same as who I am online. Yeah, yeah. And on that's, a day-to-day basis. Not just when I do events. Yeah, totally. Not just when I'm on the stage, but on Literally. a day-to-day basis when I'm, go, when I'm in a coffee shop. Same yeah. dude. Yeah, totally, totally. And I know we kind of talked about it a little bit before, but I want to go deeper with it because you just brought it up now. It's like that that's what I, you know, why I was attracted to your stuff and what I love about you because you you are just yourself and, and so am I. That's what, you know, I, I couldn't yeah. be fake if I tried. Uh, and yeah. so, But there are so many trainers and coaches and, and people in business that are fake or that some people do it on purpose and other people are just too scared to put their, themselves out there. Yeah, the thing I have and, to. Yeah, the thing I have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, and a lot of people I've found that I've worked with is because they're scared of their family or they're scared of their friends or they're scared of whoever. The people that they went to school with. Yeah, exactly. Scared of the people that they went to school with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know we talked about that a little bit before, but what would you say to people who, you know, how to actually just be themselves and put themselves out there authentically? That's a fucking great question. Here's, here's what I'm going to put back here is that, when I talked about this meltdown, I ended up before that. I actually got diagnosed bipolar when I lived in Spain. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I had to move back from Spain. My wife couldn't cope. 
but mm. two kids, a newborn and a two-year-old. Yeah. Two kids, no help, no one living there. In Spain, they don't really have bipolar. <laughs> some so, honestly, they didn't know how to treat it. Like you got bipolar disorder, but we don't know how to treat it. Okay, yeah. think you should go home. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> one of the reasons why I ended up with these first ever meltdown I ever had was that I built a business that I hated. What I mean by that is I built a business that attracted people who weren't a good fit for me. Mm. They were paying me money though, so I would take it. Mm. And what happened was I ended up just walking on eggshells all the time. I wasn't being who I was, which is fucking exhausting because you forget what you've lied about. Mm. Yeah. So I was getting people that were like, oh, Paul, I'm really upset that you said fuck. <laughs> I'm like, really? Well, and that kept on happening. I kept on getting people in who, weren't for, who didn't have any integrity, mm. who would come in and then rip my shit off and go. And that, mm. says, that says a lot about me. I was attracting people like that. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. If you keep attracting cheap skates, it's because you're a fucking cheap skate. Yeah, totally. It is. It's like, listen, would you pay that much for your program? Mm. Have you ever, there's people going to high-end coaching. Have you ever spent money on high-end coaching? Mm. That's why people won't pay you, bro, because you wouldn't buy it. Yeah, totally. Totally. What's that? So, so what, would I say about, what would I say about the fear of being yourself? Mm. Um, that's a difficult question, actually. Because the answer is really just be yourself. Yeah, true. Because not being yourself is exhausting. Mm. And I also think, really, people can see through it. Mm. And the yeah. people that can't see through it are as fake as you. Yeah. Because I always see, I see this all the time, liars hang out with liars. Mm. I see people who I know online, I'm like, this dude's a fucking snake. And then I see dudes hanging out with them, I'm like, he's a snake too. I'm not surprised. I'm hanging out in a snake's nest. Yeah, yeah. And then you see them falling out every two minutes. You see them go from snake to someone else. To, they'll bite the head off someone and they'll go to the next place. They just move around. Yeah. I'm like, dude, who's your actual friend here? And, and I used to be that. I know this because that's who I want. Yeah, and, and that's why with like clients as well, you don't want to attract in the wrong clients and then they refer their friends that are like them as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Ellie, that's such a good point. Listen, I would hang out with my guys that pay me money. Mm. I, I just get, I would hang out with him. If I, if I listen, if I wouldn't have coffee with you, you're, you're not going to be a good fit for me, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I just get the bonus. I'm just a little bit more. That's what I say to the guys. I mean, listen, I'm not smarter than you. I've just mm. fucked up more times than you. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm further ahead of the game than you. I fucked up more times than you and I've just kept getting up. Yeah. And I've learned the lessons from the fuck ups. That's it. Yeah. I failed more times than you. Yeah. That's all it is. I fail faster. And I've got back up quicker than you have. I've got, yeah. I've drifted and I've got out of the drift faster than you have. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. So, so yeah, the, 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 the I'm not going to convince anybody to start being real. Mm. But what I do know is that not being real is fucking exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally. think that people can see through it these days as well. People yeah. can see through bullshit. Yeah, totally. And if, they sick can't, of it. if they can't, it's because they're full of shit too. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, you know when you see people calling people out online and are like, oh, you shouldn't invest money here and you shouldn't invest money here. I'm like, listen, I'm going to leave you do it because if you're fucking stupid and naive enough to give them money, that's yeah. on you, dude. <laughs> yeah, true, true. That's on you. Yeah. That's on you. I don't, I don't get the whole calling people out culture. It's, a, it's yeah. a very, it shows you're very insecure if you need to go around calling people out. Yeah, very it's insecure. like lift, lift people up instead. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. just listen, big your program up instead of fucking belittling someone else's. True, true. 
I used to do it. That's how I know this. I used to think that pissing, pissing on people's cornflakes would make them want to eat me. Yes. Yeah. Not happening. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, so I want to know, like, just to finish up, I guess, um, what's, um, what's with your mindset? I know you spent a lot of time with mindset and what would be, I I'm guess, yeah, what would be, first of all, some of the biggest shifts that you've had, or one of the biggest shifts that you've had, and then what are the things that you do for your mindset? Maybe people you follow or specific things that you do. <laughs> I love this question. Okay, so... <laughs> Consider this mindset. Mindset is a very simple thing and not as complex as you think it is. Your mindset is a set of beliefs and assumptions mm. that are so powerful that your behavior conforms to them. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is, there's a few things you've got to understand. You can't choose your thoughts. Sorry, you can't choose your thoughts. You're not in control of your thoughts. Mm. If you're in control of your thoughts, stop thinking now. Go on. I dare you. Stop <laughs> thinking. Fucking impossible. All I can do is question them. Mm. So it's your beliefs and assumptions that hold you back. There are no new thoughts. You don't have different thoughts to me. Mm. Everyone has the same thoughts. I'm not in control of them. I just mm. get a quest. I just know how to question mine. Well, is that true? Mm. And I'm going to recommend a book to you now. And I'm only going to recommend it to you. And I only want you to, to, to listen if you're going to go and get it. This is me new things. I'm sick of fucking recommending books and nobody doing anything. <laughs> So I'm like, when people ask me now, I'm like, I'm going to tell you a book, but only if you promise to go and get it now and send me the seat when you've got it. Yeah. Byron Katie, Loving What Is, is the single most important book that I've ever read. Mm. Okay, cool. But here's the thing, reading it is not enough. She's going to recommend something to you, which is what we call doing the work. Mm. And I do that almost every single day. Sometimes I'm, I'm human, sometimes I miss days. I didn't do it yesterday because I was fucking smoked. Um, so that's one thing that I'm going to recommend you do first of all is start challenging your beliefs and assumptions. Because again, you're creating these new neural pathways. You're thinking, okay, I feel anxious right now. Or I feel depressed right now. Okay, mm -hmm. that's just me believing my thoughts again. Mm -hmm. That's just me believing, okay, he's criticizing me. He's wrong. You just, you'll see a whole new world when you, see the, when you, when you listen to this lady's stuff. Yeah. The second thing is I'd recommend you do is protect your energy. Mm -hmm. Everything is water off a duck's back when your energy's on point. Mm. When your energy's yeah. low, everything's a fucking drama show. Yep. At least in my case. I'm like, am I depressed or am I just tired? Actually, let's yeah. have a look. I'm just tired. Yeah. I'm just tired. Yeah. And all of these mindset things are just a state. But your depression's yeah. a state. Anxiety's a state. Overwhelm's a state. The beautiful thing about those is that it's a feeling. Mm. It's not going to be there forever. And I'm in charge of changing it. Yeah. Because if I'm, if I'm able to create anxiety, because you don't catch depression, you don't catch anxiety, you don't catch any of these things. Yeah. You create them. If I'm able to create those feelings and those emotions, I'm also able to create the opposite. Mm. Yeah. So you do that physiologically and by what you're focused on, by yeah. the thoughts that you're focused on. So protect your energy. The next one is just protect your confidence as well. I'm big on this. Mm. Most people live in the future. Overwhelm, future-based thought, stress, future-based thought. Mm. Uh, sorry, I've, just got, I've got messages to distract and it's totally. <laughs> sorry. Anxiety, future-based thought, panic attacks, future-based thought. But it feels real in the moment, but it's based on future thoughts. Yep. Now, one of the things that I do is to protect my confidence. The reason that happens as well is because we often compare actual results with ideal results. 
Mm. Ideal results are always going to be in the future. And that's going to lead to like disappointment all of the time. Disillusionment. Mm. It's going to make you quit. Compare yeah. an actual to ideal. Mm. So just stop. And every day, just measure your wins that you had the day before. Like, can you find three things that you did? Yeah. Three wins that you had. Even if it's just a listen, I worked out yesterday. Listen, my weight in the last day has went up like 700 grams, almost a fucking kilo. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know what I did wrong. But guess what? I worked out yesterday. Yeah. I hit my macros yesterday. I got to bed on time. That's progress. Yeah. If I just looked at the weight, I would give up. Yeah. But I'm looking at, well, okay, I did one more workout than I did, than mm. I had done. I was only on two workouts for the week this, this week. Okay, I've done three. So I'm measuring where I've came from rather than how long I've still got to go. Yeah, So totally. aim, my, my tip is aim forwards, measure backwards. Yeah. yeah. Stop looking at how far you've still got to go. Use it if it inspires you. If it makes you feel like shit, don't. Just yeah. measure backwards. Yeah, totally. I do that every single day without fear. That's the one thing that I... And it's the first thing I do. It's another one little tip I'm going to give you. It's, fat, it's a big tip. The first hour of the morning, don't turn your phone on. Mm. Don't turn your phone on. Yeah. Don't check Facebook. Don't check email. Write down some wins. Meditate. Look at Byron Katie's stuff. Change your state physically. Even if it's, Listen, I think the other thing we do, especially trainers, is every time we want to change state and feel better, it has to be some big drama show workout like, has to be some periodized program with a mobility section and a, and a power section and then going to failure and 10, 12 reps with two minutes rest in between. And then, play. listen, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Just do 10 fucking burpees and notice how your state changes. Yeah, because too much in the morning can actually drain your energy and then do you, you oh, sleep for the rest man, of the day. I am a discreet. When I, <laughs> I train in the morning, I'm a disgrace. So I like yeah. to walk in the morning, get my yeah. steps in. Yeah. Or it, it just depends what day it is. But if I train, if I have to do a really hard sparring session in the morning, I'm a waste of space the rest of the day. I actually do that on a Sunday, but mm. Sundays like we don't really do that much on a Sunday. Yeah. But if it's a if it's weekday and someone says do you want to spar, I'm like yeah, dude, like four four p.m. on a Tuesday. That's why I'm sparring. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. too too much will drain you for the rest of the day. My, my exactly. energy needs to be in the right spot. Exactly, exactly. Luckily, I have a boxing gym, a boxing ring, and a punch, and two punch bags in the office next door. Yeah. So that's, that's where I go to change my state. Listen, I've got to record an auto webinar this afternoon to go out. Mm. And before I do it, I'll just go and punch fuck out of the punch bag next door. Yeah. Change my state, get my energy back on point before I shoot. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Critical. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's why I love walking in the mornings. I'm surrounded by bushland. There's wallabies all around my house, and I just love seeing them in the morning Holy and shit. having time to myself. You know what I see in the morning? Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> People that shit themselves when I say good morning. That's what I see. <laughs> good morning. They're like, you don't know what to say. I'm like, I didn't show you me dick. I just said good morning. <laughs> I think that's an English thing. <laughs> it is an English thing. It is yeah. an English thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah one cool. thing that I actually like in the morning, especially in the winter, is I'll, 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 um, that's when I'll get a bit of studying as well while I'm walking. Mm. I don't do it all the time because sometimes I'll get distracted. Like I'll be, if I've got my phone and I'm walking, sometimes I'll end up on Facebook and shit. It just depends. Yeah. 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 Depends. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. So are there any final things you want to add and also where can people find you? Well, if you're still watching, it means I haven't upset you enough yet. 
<laughs> so the best place to find me is over on iampolmort.com. Yeah. I've got a bunch of changes going on my websites right now. Hopefully that when you go over there, it's working. <laughs> I've recommended your site to so many people. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. If not, follow me on Facebook. I'm also having a bit of fun on Instagram at the minute, trying to figure out that platform, which I must add, I, uh, I'm not a giant fan of it because I think you have to post a lot to get any kind of traction on there. Mm. I'm not up for, I don't want to post a lot. Yeah. But one thing I did do was for my last webinar, I ran some story ads and I got for two days, I was getting 50 pence leads. Awesome. 50 p like for you guys that I don't know if you guys what what do you call like half a dollar in the UK in the in Australia? Fifty cents, yeah. Oh, 50 cents. <laughs> ah, you can find me in the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 50 cents leads. Yeah. That was about two days and then it went up. But yeah, I had some success in there with the story ads. So yeah, yeah you might want to look at the story ads mm. and you can set it up in your Facebook power editor. So it's nice and simple and there's no excuse. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. And that was just an experiment. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I love your energy. Oh, thank you it's been for great having, having you on. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Sleep well. Sleep well. Thanks. <laughs>